Thank you for listening to the Bible preaching ministry of Dr. Tim Pollock at the Home Church of Lodi, California. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. Our prayer is that this message from God's Word will renew your heart and mind today. filling our minds, but maybe more importantly, we've been filling our hearts with the very important biblical subject of prayer. You have not, because you ask not, the perhaps most well-known Bible promises in the New Testament. And so this morning, our 11th in this series, the time to pray or the timing of prayer. It has been said that a day without prayer is a day without blessing. A life without prayer is a life without power. One of the 19th century's greatest evangelists, Dwight Moody, said every great move of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. And the reformer, Martin Luther, said to be a Christian, Without prayer, it is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Now, if we would know the fullness of the blessings that there is, and if we would see the move of God that is necessary to slow the moral demise of our country, and if we would be able to touch a generation, the coming generation for Christ, then it is critical that we learn how to pray. And we learn how to pray effectively. In so doing, it is vital that not only we learn how to petition God with the right technique, but also I would suggest we must learn to pray at the right time. Now be sure, as the great apostle Paul said, it's always time to pray. But there are examples, there are of great men, great women in Scripture, that I think give us a look at points of the day that we should learn to pray. Time. The way we spend our time defends, defines who we are. A wiseacre once asked, do all fairy tales start with once upon 
sure all of our life is to be built around the life of prayer. All of us should really know how to pray. We shouldn't feel uncomfortable in prayer. We, frankly, should pretty much live in constant communion with God. There's a wonderful chorus that we sing here in our church that has to do with the timing of prayer. The chorus goes something like this, breathing Solitary place. Or maybe the bathroom. I don't know. But you can go to a solitary place. And it's a place. 
Scripture, we see the fact is that many of God's mightiest men and women followed our Lord's example. They were mourning people. Consider, for example, Abraham, Genesis chapter 19. Abraham arose early in the morning and went to a place where he had stood before the Lord. And then there was Moses in Exodus chapter 34. It says he rose early in the morning to meet God. And then Joshua chapter 6, Joshua reminds us that he rose early in the morning so that he could receive special instructions from the Lord. All of this was in the morning. And then Samuel's parents, Elkanah and Hannah, in 1 Samuel chapter 1 says that they arose early in the morning and they had worship time. And Samuel, perhaps because of their great example, in Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 19, says that he rose early in the morning. He had a very hard task that he was going to be faced with that day, and he rose up to do some praying before he did so. Throughout the Bible, we have great reminders of people who prayed early. David prayed early. King Hezekiah prayed early. The great man of patience, Job, prayed early. Peter, that wonderful disciple of Christ, prayed early. Paul, on and on and on, the scriptural list goes. They pray in the morning. Now there is a simple and practical reason, because the most reason the morning is when we're most fresh. Our body is then rested, our mind, the gray cells, are more inclined, and our spirit is largely free from the fetters of emotional issues that cause our day. Most prayer warriors know that in order to pray effectively, you have to be able to concentrate. And so in the morning, when you're fresh, it's a practical sense, but I believe there's even more reason to that. Let's look what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, he said, casting down those imaginations, so here's someone who is dealing with what's going on in their own life, their own spirit, casting down those imaginations, Throw them down, don't, don't play around with them. Any high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, any old doubts, just get rid of them, get out of there. Bringing into captivity. Sometimes you have to bring your thoughts captive. That's an interesting word, that word, captivity. It's used only a few times in Scripture, but it means to capture with a spear. So you stab those thoughts with. Bible verse, the sword of the Spirit, every thought to the obedience of Christ. And so, you shift above those who have bad thoughts, those things that are racing every way, so that you can concentrate. For most people, by resting your thoughts, is best done early in the morning. Ralph Cushman beautifully wrote this amazing poem we all heard. I met God in the morning. The day was at its best, and his presence came like sunrise, like glory in my breast. All day long his presence lingered, all day long he stayed with me, and we sailed in perfect calmness on every troubled sea. Other ships were blown and battered, other ships were sore distressed, and the wind that seemed to blow them brought to me both peace and rest. Then I thought of the morning with deep remorse of mind, 
And so I believe that one of the most important reasons for meeting God in the morning specifically is so that we can concentrate and get rid of all those thoughts. But there's another reason why I think morning positions, early morning prayer, is very important. And that is because we sanctify the day. Once the day gets going, life comes out often so very hard. There are duties, there are decisions, and yes, there are desires on all good, but all too often we don't have anything to do but a flare prairie that is coming at us fast. So we can sanctify the day, we can set apart, God just blesses that day in a special way. But you are Christians called as being prayed up. Are you prayed up? That means you start the day in prayer and then just in a special way, the rest of the day is sanctified. That means then, as things hit you, you can just roll with confidence. We're not always able to just like say a quick prayer. I mean, you just don't have the time to react. But we already sanctified the day in prayer. And so we can do things in a spirit of prayer. Sometimes I've heard Christians say, well, we need to get the victory over sin. Well, that is true. But I would suggest this morning, that really we should have already gotten the victory before the day ever started. And we do that by prayer. Morning prayer. An unknown author gave us wonderful insight into guidelines for prayer. Listen. If the request is wrong, God says no. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If you are wrong, God says grow. But if the request is right, and the timing is right, and you are right, God says, go. A good reminder that the timing must be right. And so, first of all, God's people should pray in the morning. Number two, God's people should pray in the night. Dr. Luke, in the sixth chapter of his gospel, in the 12th verse, gives us some great insight on that. It says, And it came to pass in those days we went out into the mountain, came out to the mountain to pray. And continue all night in prayer to God, being God the Father. Here we see God the Son, Jesus, not only praying in the morning, but now he prays in the evening. And according to Scripture, it's not just in the evening, it's in the night. And it's not even just in the night, it is actually all night long. Now, I'm sure this is of his normal presence. I've practiced, nobody can pray all night long. But there were certainly times when a whole night was given to prayer. I don't think, however, and just a note here, I don't think we should assume that somehow when we sacrifice sleep, God is automatically obligated to answer our prayer. With God, there are no such thing as a points contest. You know, you do so many things and you get points to go. And in fact, interestingly enough, there are no hard and fast rules how much, when, to pray. However, I think we would be well to follow the example of people like our Lord and Savior. Meaning that if God said in my spirit, you need to pray tonight, you would be willing to say, okay, Lord, if you want me to pray, I'll pray. And if the Lord should show so be, I will pray all through tonight. The single greatest thing about praying in the night or even as much of the night is that there's no Many people have a multitude of concerns and try 
makes sure part of the preparation process is prayer. You can surely spend a couple minutes in prayer, maybe more, maybe even a little bit of time and say, Lord, I just need your mind and maybe pray some scriptures back to the Lord. And strangely so, Jesus did so when he was most busy. Not only did he do so before he prayed, but he did so when he was the busiest preacher. Luke chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, but so much the more went their fame abroad about him. Great multitudes came together to hear and were healed of him by of their infirmities. So he went out there, he prayed, he was busy ministering, healing was just wonderful. So what did he do? He said, I need to pray. Verse 16, he withdrew himself into the wilderness and he prayed. Unfortunately, we do the opposite. We get busy and we stop praying. Jesus got busy and he said, I must get busy praying. We find no time for prayer. Jesus prayed even more. Many a serious believer has learned the secret. I am so busy, I am too busy not to pray. I got up one morning and rushed into the day. I had so much to accomplish. Troubles just tumbled about me and heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help me, I wonder? He answered, you didn't ask. I tried to come into his presence. I used all my keys at the walk. Now gently and lovingly chided. Why, child, if you didn't knock. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but the day toiled on gray and bleak. I called on the Lord for the reason. He said, you didn't speak. I woke up early this morning. So much to accomplish, I had to take time to pray. I've got so much to do, I've got to pray about this. So in the morning, set aside some time, maybe a great Bible for day. Number two, at night, maybe even into the evening, maybe even all night, if the Lord should so lead. And then number three, in preparation before anything that we do, we ought to spend some time and pray. Did you pray about it? Or do you have a big purchase? Did you pray about it? Did you spend some time in prayer? And number four, in victory. Not only before something good happens, but after something good happens. Jesus prayed not only before the things in his life, but after. And not only for just the big things, but even the small things. In Matthew chapter 14, after he fed the 5,000, and after dealing with hundreds and hundreds of situations, heartaches and concerns, Eggs and you name it. He dismissed them, sent them on their way, their bellies were full, he ministered. He put his disciple on a boat and said, I'll meet you there on the other side, going out before me. And the Bible says after all that happened, he went up into the mountain to pray apart and spent time in praise to God. Matthew 14, 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, after the great victory. He went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was done, he was there alone. First and foremost, after the victory, we should fall on our face and give God all the glory, not taking any credit whatsoever. Now, I certainly nothing wrong with celebrating victories. I'm all for praise parties, and I think that's a wonderful thing to do. But first, before celebrating what God has done. Maybe we ought to celebrate with God. 
say, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to do seven times a day. From 6 a.m. finish off at midnight or something like that. Or maybe you could say, I'm going to give a week to that kind of prayer. Or you might get real brave and say, I'm going to give a month to that. Whatever the case, folks, all of us need to learn to pray more than just when we come on Sunday. And when we all bow our heads, when the pastor said, bow your head. I think we ought to pray every day, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. Whatever it takes, praying, the timing of prayer is amazing. The best time, of course, in Scripture is anything. And no story in Scripture makes that truth any more clearly than that horrendous day on Calvary. Many of you know that there were three crosses there on Calvary. You may have driven by a church and seen three crosses. Insignias with three crosses. The reason for that is because there were two thieves on either side of the Lord Jesus. One, anger, the last out of Jesus, and he, of course, as you might imagine, was rejected by God the Father. But one, humbly prayer. And as he prayed, he prayed only nine words, and it was the most powerful. But he prayed it at the right time. And that right time is any time. He was just moments from his death. He couldn't get down off that cross and go join a church, as good as that is. He couldn't go there and get baptized, as important as that is. He couldn't really do any good works. At that moment, he could only cry out for the mercy of God. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest. And that one prayer, in the, in the nick of time, at the right time, that one prayer, and the right time is the any time. And I say to each one of us here today, that same powerful nine-word prayer, if you don't know for sure that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, He can be that for you. Pray that powerful prayer. Lord, remember me when thou comes into thy kingdom. I hate the vows We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.